it's time for another episode of squaring up the sharp we are here uh, this is episode nine and this is a special episode uh, for you today we are going to be discussing some college football for you uh, i'm your host max carroll i'm here with uh, austin weinrich and hey, how's it going, Max? Good, doing good, doing good. We're uh, excited to have uh, a little college football uh, talk on, on our podcast here. And uh, our guest today is Michael Vale. He's the college football contributor for The Link. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you can go and check out the website. It's linksports.com, L-Y-N-Q, sports.com. Everything's free. All the uh, opinion pieces, all the betting analysis, pretty much anything you're looking for, go there, check it out. It's all free. And uh, like I said, uh, we have Michael Vale on with us today to talk some college football. Mike, are you there with us? I am. Let me uh, make sure the volume's good. All right, there we go. All right, so uh, like I said, Michael Vale, college football contributor for the Link. And uh, why don't you do a quick bio before we jump into the uh, before we jump into the good stuff? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, uh, So uh, my name is Michael Vale. I uh, I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, uh, technically from the western suburbs. I know uh, uh, some people sometimes get mad when uh, you say you're from Chicago, but you're actually from the Burbs. But I uh, grew up here my whole life, uh, uh, huge sports fan, uh, went, to, went to Purdue for college, so I've just kind of been, uh, was born in the Midwest, kind of stayed in the Midwest for school, and then uh, and uh, I actually got a job out here as well, so uh, <laughs> kind of stayed put. But a uh, big, big, uh, big Chicago sports fan. Uh, uh, Trent, uh, Trent Gruitt, obviously on the White Sox side. I'm, uh, I'm a North guy, love the Cubs, and uh, and uh, love the, the Bears, uh, Bulls, and uh, Blackhawks as well. Man, I love it all. So you had a little uh, as a as a uh, Cubs fan, you had a rough end to the season there. Oh, it's just you know, yeah. <laughs> you feel up too weird because he. Uh, He's had some magnificent uh, moves, but it seems like for every great movie he makes, he makes just a, a bonehead move. It's, it's uh, we can't, uh, the Cubs can't develop a pitcher to save their lives, and uh, although we draft a good bat, we just don't have enough pitching, period. It's, it almost sounds like the Mets in reverse a little bit, you know? <laughs> some good good, arm, good arms, but... The exact opposite. Yeah. You know, we, we have one to ground for every uh, California, but we're doing okay. Yep, there you go. Um... But yeah, so uh, yeah, obviously we're we're excited to have you on and talk some college football, something that we haven't done yet. Um, so, yeah. so let's. Uh, it looks like we're going to start off with a little bit of um, comparison between college football and the NFL. So, so you want to talk a little bit of yeah. handicapping differences? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I know. Um, did you guys watch uh, a lot of college football on Saturdays, or, or um, do you, I know you guys are from New York, more of a professional sports town. Uh, well, what's uh, kind of your uh, involvement in college football? Uh, we're casual fans, I'd say, at best. We uh, yeah. we don't have a big program around us. Our biggest program is FCS, the closest one to us, Stony Brook. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like a James Madison or something like that? Yeah, they're in James Madison's division, whatever it is. Yeah, gotcha. Well, great. So that, that's why I kind of wanted to start out with um, kind of comparing the two uh, sports uh I know when uh, when I first started betting, NFL was what I started with, and uh, when I started uh, dipping my toe into college football, I found uh, there there are some differences that uh, if you can take advantage of, if you uh, if you pay attention a little bit. Um, so the first thing that's really different about college is there's just so many more betting opportunities. Um, 
which leads to a way less efficient market. You know, Vegas has been putting up lines on uh, the NFL for over 50 years now, and they've gotten pretty damn good at it, so it's hard to find value sometimes. Um, but in college, you got 130 Division One programs. Uh, like you guys alluded to, there's also a number of FCS programs, which uh, they've recently started putting lines up for those as well. Uh, so what's cool about this is you can, if you follow, uh, if, you, if you can kind of hold in on certain teams that Vegas is just getting wrong every week, you can actually find some value. So uh, uh, I put a couple examples here of, of teams that just keep, uh, uh, they, I'll, I'll call them the, the, you know, the riding danger field. They, they get no respect, right? Now it's usually <laughs> these group of five uh, conference teams that nobody's ever heard of. Um, but funny enough, this year Ohio State's actually one of those teams. Uh, they've, uh, they've actually gone 5-1 against the spread so far this year, and they're winning those games. Uh, not winning those games straight up, but actually covering the spread by an average of 17 points, which is insane. Because usually Ohio State's a blue blood program, and everybody and their brother wants to bet them, right? Um, so ju- so ju- I think what happened is I think, uh, I think Vegas considered them as like the second tier below Bama, and Clemson, and I just don't think they've caught up yet. So just to clarify, if uh, just by what you mean by that is if uh, if Ohio State's playing and they're a minus twenty favorite, uh, typically you know with the average they're actually they typically would cover that by thirty seven. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's not, so their actual win margin is more away a lot more points than that. It's probably over probably over hundred at this point, uh, but. Beating Vegas' expectations by an average of 17 points per game. Pretty incredible. Yeah, I um, you know, like like we said, we're not uh, we're casual fans. Uh, we don't we don't bet the co- we don't bet college football too too often. But uh, I never really thought of it like that, where you have 130 teams and uh, it's it's easier to make a mistake on 130 than it is on 32. What about uh, on the other side of the coin? So you have teams that get no respect, but um, the yeah, teams that so maybe get a little too have, much. Uh, absolutely. So I have teams that are what I call falling nice teams, okay? Uh, these are teams uh, very risky to bet on them, and there's very little reward if you actually, uh, if you actually uh, are, are successful. So it's, I always call it like trying to catch a falling nice, right? So uh, just buy or beware. Yeah. Um, so I, I say the NFL version of it is uh, – probably the Miami Dolphins. seems like every week that I see sharp money coming in on the Dolphins, and I just don't think that Vegas appreciates how historically bad they are. Yeah, uh, we, we've talked about them a lot on on, uh, on this podcast, so we know exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the college football version of that this year would probably be Virginia Tech. Uh, they're 1-6 against the spread this year, and so I, when I told you guys Ohio State was covering by an average of 17 points, uh, Virginia Tech is not covering by an average of 15 and a half points, which is pretty remarkable. That's, that's, uh, I mean, just to put it in, in layman's terms, that's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And it's one of those teams, they were, uh, you know, everybody thought they'd be, they'd be good. And, uh, uh, and we'll talk about this a little later when I talk about motivation differences between NFL and college, but sometimes 
the players just give up on the coach. They get defeated, and uh, no matter you know, even if they're a historically good program like Virginia Tech, they're just they're not going to get up for each and every game. So, th- so Vegas is you, you. From what I gather, it sounds like Vegas is kind of giving the lines based off of the historical. Uh, I get. I don't know if you would call it value, but. Um, based yeah. off, based off the prestige of the program, as opposed to what's currently happening. Uh, certainly, to an extent, uh, what Vegas usually does is they'll, they'll uh, they create power ratings, and then after each week, they adjust those power ratings uh, based on how the team performed on the field. And usually, before the season, uh, they judge those power ratings uh, based on uh, returning starters, uh, how well they recruited the last few years, uh, what they think of the coach, uh, that sort of thing. Okay. How about um, let's get into a little bit. Uh, the next topic on the list was the just the overall lack of parity, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because normally, you know, we do a lot of NFL talk, obviously, and when you look at the when you look at the NFL right now, there's uh, you know, there's more double digit spreads in a week than than you know We've sometimes have, have, have occurred in in a season. Some you know, like you're having three or four double digit spreads. Um, so that, that just in terms of, you know, the, the lack of parity issue, uh, you definitely see it more this year in the NFL and, uh, what's your take on that for the, for college football? Absolutely. And it's funny you said that because I, I, uh, I've had different opinions why I think the NFL is starting to lose a little bit of parity, but, uh, uh, but, uh. I think part of it might be just they, they don't get as much practice time as they used to. Um, you got a lot more player movement than you've had in the past with the NFL. So I think that there, there are certain reasons why that the lack of parity might be uh, happening in the NFL. But in college, it's, it's another level. Um, and we were just talking about the Dolphins a minute ago. I mean, uh, at most, the, the highest spread we're going to see in the NFL this year is probably 21 points, maybe a little more. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you take, uh, you know, the top ranks. Uh, college program right now that would be uh, the University of Alabama and you and if they played uh, the worst team in college football which right now is uh, actually out by you guys uh, University of Massachusetts yep no we were just saying yeah we uh, we're familiar with the with the Minutemen yeah the UMass Minutemen the up there yep yeah they are they're uh, a dumpster fire this year <laughs> and uh, if they uh, if those two teams met on a neutral field, uh, Bama would be just about 64-point favorites. Uh, Sounds about is, right. Which, <laughs> can you imagine betting a plus 64, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the other team that's in our area is Rutgers, and they just get beaten like a drum every week. So, I'm, um, you know, yeah. you know, they, and they play in the Big Ten against some, some pretty good teams, but just week after week, they're just getting blown out of the water. And uh, but the thing is, Jersey's always a hot recruiting bed for a lot of stars, but they don't seem to keep any of them. No. Yeah, it's, it's weird because you have a lot of in-state talent for whatever reason. They just can't. Uh, they don't want to stay home. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, but um, yeah, I mean, if uh, if Bama and UMass met on a neutral mm-hmm. field and and Bama was minus sixty-four, I'd probably take them to be honest. <laughs> oh, so that the funny thing with that one is I. I wouldn't touch UMass in the pencil pull right now. <laughs> and I think, I'm, I think I agree with you. I think I would probably take Bama. The only problem with 64 points is to cover a spread that big, you would need, <laughs> Bama would need motivation to embarrass UMass. Um, and, and we'll talk about 
whole layer two, there is a concept called the, uh, what I call bully coaches, you know, coaches that like to run it up against a bad team. Yeah. Jason typically is not one of those guys. Um, but, uh, but that being said, I mean, just to give you guys perspective, uh, you just were talking about Rutgers. Rutgers played uh, UMass the first week of the season, and they were 16-point favorites against UMass. And they ended up blowing UMass out of the water. Like, it wasn't even close. So I think that's probably the only win they have this year. <laughs> you might be right. I, yeah. I think uh, Rutgers is going to have a tough time in the Big Ten. If they play, uh, they play my, my alma mater, they might have a shot. But, uh, yeah, I've, no, I've, I've noticed, uh, you know, we and we can... We can get to Purdue here. Uh, I've noticed just following your your tweets that you put out, it seems like you're a very, uh, uh, I guess, a, a realist fan uh, when it comes to Purdue football. Oh, yeah. yeah, I actually, uh, so I'm four and three picking Purdue games this year, which means that I've had to bet against Purdue, and uh, uh, you have you have to do it. It's, it's, uh, I, I, we have Purdue's a weird team because we have a, we have a great coaching staff. I think Jeff Brom's one of the best. Uh, best coaches in college football. We have a defensive coordinator uh, that's been talking about uh, getting jobs in the NFL. Um, so we have great coaching. And to be honest, for we we recruit better than we should, um, but this year we've just gotten so injured it's just been tough to, tough to watch. We uh, Two weeks ago we lost our starting quarterback and our All-American wide receiver on the same play. So it's uh, That's hard to do. Watch mm-hmm. That's hard to do. Yeah, they play, they play, uh, <laughs> I, you, you could have bet on that, you would have, would have been <laughs> yeah. pretty good odds. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's tough, it's tough. But, but yeah, I try to be realistic with Purdue. Um, I think most Purdue fans are uh, are kind of like that. They're unfortunately pessimistic because they've seen so much heartbreak. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of heartbreak, I, I don't think that we were going to get to it. Um, Based on based on the outline that we're looking at here, but uh, you know, kind of give us your feelings about Georgia's loss this weekend because you know sure. Austin, Austin and I have talked about it a little bit and we're trying to make sense of it. You know, basically what we kind of boiled it down to is that Kirby Smart's just not a very good game coach slash game manager. I think Georgia played better than, uh, than the score would indicate. I mean, they were they were minus four in turnovers and still almost won the game. They also had a huge uh, yardage edge. They they outgained uh, they outgained them by almost 200 yards. Georgia did it, uh, to uh, now now because of the turnovers, they're getting the ball a little more, so that kind of washes out. But uh, that first down edges, yardage edges, and they lost the turnover battle. And I forgot what the stat is, but it. I know for the NFL, if you lose the turnover battle, you lose the spread. I believe it's eighty percent of the time. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Uh, yeah, I think it's. it's I think really it's high. Yeah. Um, um, and it's, oh, go ahead. No, it just it just makes it that much harder to understand how they actually lost that game because that kind of throws throws some things out of whack with the college football playoffs and and everything like that where. Um, you know, now now it's it's kind of up for grabs. You know, outside of Alabama and Clemson, you know, I don't see them losing. Those last two spots are kind of up for grabs a little bit. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I want to ask you guys 
opinion. Do you guys like the college football playoffs? Do you want it expanded? Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on that? Um, well, I played Division Three, and Division Three has been eight teams for as long as I know. So I'm yeah. surprised that it's not at least an eight-team playoff. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it needs to be expanded. Um, FCS does a, a standings as well. I think they do. Yeah, FCS does. Yeah, they have eight teams? Yeah, FCS yeah, I think they, Yeah, they have eight teams in their playoffs. And it's also a financial thing, too. I'm surprised it's taken this long just because of how much extra money they could make off of it. Uh, oh, my gosh, yeah. It's kind of a and no you could get rid no of some of, these, some of these ridiculous tune-up games that they had every year. I mean, Bama, you know, the Citadel. You played the Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's a it's a long time coming. Uh, it'll I, I believe it'll happen sooner than later. And uh, I mean, what what does it do? It adds an extra two weeks. If they go to an eight team, you know, thing, it adds it it adds a couple weeks. You know, it's it's not that big of a deal. So and. Like we said, they'll make a lot more money off of it at the end of the day. Oh, 100%. So what do you think about these? Yeah. Uh, I know you have uh, a few games that you wanted to touch on. Um, Absolutely. Some big games coming up this weekend. Well, I, you know, we That's why we were trying to get you on. I you know, I apologize. We, uh, I was out of town for a wedding and I... Yeah. You know, my, my plan the whole time was to, to, you know, I brought all my stuff with me. I was thinking, you know, I'll, I'll have some time to sit down and do this because we got some big rivalry games coming up. And yeah. I just couldn't find the time. It would have been a, it would have been good to do it last week, but there's still some pretty good games coming up this weekend. So why don't we uh, jump into those a little bit? Absolutely. Let's do that. Um, and actually, I'm a little relieved that uh, we weren't able to do it last week because uh, – I did not do well. Every opinion I had was dead wrong last week, and uh, I hope this week I can uh, give you guys some good, good games to, to bet on, and uh, hopefully some opinions I watched. So, so last week we'll just chalk it up to a practice run, and uh, it was a practice run. Yeah, so there we go. All right, so the the first one you have here is Oregon, Oregon at Washington. Okay, you know what's funny is I literally called. Oregon, Oregon. Yeah. It's not wrong. Because that's what my dad pronounced it, and I never knew it. It's spelled Oregon. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and when I, I had to correct myself because it just sounded wrong when I said it. No, seriously. I, like, my buddies in college made fun of me. They thought I was an idiot. I'm like, no, it's, it's Oregon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, but that was funny because I, I always had that same issue. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be, I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, Oregon. The poor Pac-12, man, they, they cannot get a team in the college football playoff. And it's just because they, they, they beat each other. They, they, they can never get a dominant team out of this conference. Um, and Oregon, Washington were kind of your two front runners to, that, was, that the Pac-12 was hoping to get a, out of this uh, tournament and get in the, in the college football playoff. But, you know, Washington's coming off of two losses, and Oregon lost that heartbreaker uh, to Auburn uh, in game one of this game one of the year uh, so there's still a lot on the line and they, both these teams can win the Pac-12 but unfortunately it'll be very tough for them to get the college football playoff well Washington um, well it was a few years ago that they actually made they, they had a pretty good run and they got into the college football playoff and mm-hmm. I forget who they lost to but it wasn't a Bama I, think it, I believe it was Bama 
Yeah, and uh, you know it looked like they were able to hold their own for a little bit, but Bama just overpowered them uh, over the course of that game. And yeah, you're right. I mean, they, you know, like you said, if if they're beating up on each other, there's no way that that they're gonna they're gonna get one of those teams into the college football playoff. Makes it easy for the um, committee, at least. They don't. They can just kind of cross them off the list, you know. You don't have to worry about those yeah, guys. That's exactly right. There's less <laughs> of that controversy, but hey, controversy is uh, what the media should want. You yeah, know? no, it's true. It's true. Um, from a from a betting perspective in this game, uh, the, the, the spread is kind of jumping in between uh, two and a half and three, uh, favoring Oregon, uh, which is which is uh, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive because Washington actually hasn't been a, a dog at home since 2015. Um, and despite that, Oregon's actually had a lot of success against uh, Washington just in a, in a series between these two teams. Uh, Oregon, since 2004, is actually 13-2 and two, uh, straight up and against the spread against Washington. So they've really owned this series. Yeah, it's a pretty telling number, 13-2. and two. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a small sample size in terms of games for over a number of years. It's, it's, it's telling. Washington, they don't have a, uh, you know, they don't have an offense that's gonna kind of wow you, right? Not, not, not in comparison to, to past years. And again, and again, in these in these conference games, the teams know each other better. Uh, they tend to play a little more conservative. And Washington's not gonna be that that team that just you know uh, is laying seventy on you. They're just not that kind of offense. They don't go with that kind of pace. And even if they're able to score, they're gonna. It, it's gonna be long, long types of drives. They like to run the ball. So you feel more comfortable with the uh, taking the under than you do taking a team with the spread here. Absolutely. Uh, one last thing: the uh, Oregon uh, top tight end is out for this game, uh, and he's actually he was their number one receiver through, throughout the year so far. So again, I just I, I'm going to see. I think we're going to see a conservative game plan, especially early. And uh, for both teams, and I, especially since Oregon, if they if they want to make the playoff, they have to win this game. Like they're going to be, I, I think they're going to protect the football and make sure that this thing doesn't get out of hand early. All right, so um, yeah, so that's uh, all right. So just to clarify, you like the under, and um, I guess if you had to choose a, a spread here. 
it seems like Oregon would be the way. Yeah, I, if it's two and a half, I'd probably take Oregon. Um, if it's, uh, it gets up to three, three and a half, I'd probably lean Washington. But like I said, this is, I think it's going to be a, a very close game. Hard okay. block, um, it'll probably go down to the end. So it's more of a coin flip game for me. Okay. How about uh, ASU at Utah here? Yeah, yeah. So the first thing I wrote for this, uh, first thing I wrote for this game is I think uh, it's going to be a long night. A long night for our friend Trent. Uh, that's, uh, that's Arizona State's his alma mater. Um, I don't uh, don't want to use the up word here, but I, I think uh, ASU might be a bit of a fraud team. Uh, really? Okay. They, uh, I think so. Um, if you look at who they've beaten, uh, they did have a, what looked like an impressive win against Michigan State earlier in the year. It isn't. Um, I'm, I'm a Michigan State okay. fan, and it isn't an impressive win. That they're garbage. This year, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I'm telling you, it's, it's, especially last week. I thought one of my uh, best bets last week was Michigan State, and uh, and they just didn't show up. They got uh, ran out of the building. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, I think they lost thirty and nothing to Wisconsin. Yeah, but, yeah, it was <laughs> it was. They almost, Wisconsin almost covered the total by themselves. <laughs> uh, the classic Michigan State team. Uh, where they have uh, no offense and a decent defense, but not great. So I don't think that win looks good for ASU. They beat Cal, which again, you know, looks like an impressive win, but Cal lost their quarterback in the middle of that game and they just couldn't keep up the scoring. So who you, so, so, uh, sounds like you're on Utah. Um, I don't, I don't see the spread here. Do you have, you have the spread uh, for this game? Yeah, so the, the, the current spread is about 13 and a half, so it is, it is a big spread. Um, but uh, Utah's uh, home field advantage is one of the biggest in college college football. Um, Vegas usually gives them around six points of home field advantage. Uh, it's another difference with uh, the NFL. Uh, usually NFL home field is around three points. Is that about right? For yeah. NFL, yeah, home. If all things being equal, usually home field is worth three points. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's expanded in college for certain venues, and, and Utah is definitely one of them. They have one of the best home fields in college football. It's uh, stadium at elevation plus uh, plus those. There's no There's not a lot of special sports in Utah, so the, the fans are rowdy. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, Mormons go wild, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, just in across all sports, kind of professional in college, I guess. I think Utah fans are the Jazz. Are yeah, trouble they're with their not. Fans. Yeah, they're not held in very high regard uh, across no. across sports. Yeah, no, it's a real, it's a real thing. The uh, um, I, I wrote in an article a little earlier in the season, uh, particularly that applies to BYU and. Uh, and Utah, uh, that there's a big advantage in betting these teams in the first half of the season, and it's because they their players are a lot older. Um, uh, uh, the, I know BYU in particular. I think 60 percent of their team is Mormon. It might be a little more now. Um, but what happens is these uh, uh, if you're a Mormon, you go on these like two-year mission trips, and you actually get to keep your eligibility when you come back. So you'll have these uh, like 25-year-old uh, sophomores essentially playing against <laughs> 19-year-old kids. So uh, Utah BYU is actually a good angle, especially early half of the year. Yeah, it's interesting. I, that's some of the stuff you don't really think about. Um, obviously, a little bit more maturity, things like that. That body development. Yeah, just overall. Uh, that's cool. Definitely help you. Um, 
But I didn't, you know, just looking at your notes, I didn't know that Utah's defense was as good as it's uh, as it's showing on paper right here. Trent making a little little side wager on this or I uh, I don't think I, I haven't told him my opinion yet um, <laughs> he, he writes in Arizona he, he writes an Arizona State article every week so I'm, I was curious to see what that was and uh, I think we will we will have to make a friendly little maybe a, maybe a good six pack or something yeah it's uh, I'm sure he's not going to be asking you for your opinion on his article that's for sure <laughs> um, no 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 it has um, but yeah, how about, how about this? How about this whiteout game? Uh, Michigan's traveling into uh, Happy Valley here at Penn State. Yeah, so I'm kind of taking the square side here. I like Michigan plus the points. Uh, the Sharps have been betting uh, Penn State all week. I believe it opened at seven and a half, and it's been bet up at nine. It's the current spread. Um, and there's a few reasons for that, um, which I which I uh, wrote down here. But uh, the whiteout game is the biggest part. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have ever watched one of the Penn State whiteout games, but they're they're wild. Yeah, we know some alumni have been there, and they say it's nutty at night. The whiteout games. Absolutely. Um, just a few years ago, they beat I think Ohio State was number two in the country uh, a couple years ago, and they beat them outright. Uh, it's uh, yeah, this is where um, uh, this is where the Big Ten to die. Uh, this is, they're very good in these games. So even, um, so even though, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you were about to get into this, but even though um, over the last 20 games they're they're five and 15 on the road against ranked opponents, you still like Michigan here? Michigan runs the table. 
there's no reason they couldn't be in the college football playoff. They're going to be up for this game. So I know you you know you said that James Franklin, you know he's. It sounds like you believe he's on borrowed time right now. He should have been gone already. Um, but how about Harbaugh? I mean, the guy's getting paid ten million dollars, and he's taking the team to Italy, Rome, and they're not producing. Yeah, they haven't really made much noise uh, since he's taken over. I wasn't aware that that was something that you could do, but uh, if, if he's paying, you know, uh, well, you're saying that uh, the salary's coming from donations from boosters. That's what you're saying? Uh, what, what's happened to some uh, football programs is, yeah, and, and, and almost all these coaches have buyout clauses because the, they know they get fired very often. Um, so the, the school will have to pay an exorbitant amount if they fire a coach prematurely before the contract ends. And yeah, they'll actually take sports boosters' money to buy out coach, unpopular coaches before okay. the contract runs out. Happened at Texas A&M, uh, I want to say, maybe two years ago. But yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. College, college sports, college fans are just a different breed. Yeah, I think, I think he's got, you know, some time to you know, turn it around, if you want to call it that. I mean, he's, he's just had some bad losses and I can't see the the school and the the fans and the boosters that you mentioned putting up with it for for that much longer. Where he just has these pretty horrific losses. And he hasn't beaten Ohio State yet, which is obviously their biggest rival. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, that goes uh, for fans live and die. Uh, trying to beat Ohio State every year, and uh, and Harbaugh hasn't done it. In- he has no excuse. He's had, these are his recruits. It's not like he's taken uh, uh, his predecessor's recruits. Um, uh, and they get high-ranked classes every year. It's not like it's not like they're getting these three-star guys. I and mean, they're getting blue-chip recruits, a lot of which are playing in the NFL, and, and they can't win. It, it, it's shocking. So, so outside of all that, you're on uh, Michigan plus nine right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody just audio without uh, without knowing mm. uh, my pick, they would say Penn State, but. I do like Michigan, and I'm really, I'm just betting the number, not the team. Yep, yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, you've seen them play. You've seen Penn State play in person. That's, uh, you know, that's something that goes into it as well. So, uh, I, you know, that's like, I, like I, we're, we're not going to argue with you about it. So, you know, if you have Michigan and, and you like them, then that's, uh, you know, that's fine by us. But, um, how about this last one here that you've got your home, uh, your, your alma mater, Purdue, going on the road to uh, number seventeen, Iowa. Yeah, I, I had to put this game on there. I know, I know it's not the, the marquee game that everybody's going to be paying attention to, but I certainly will. So I want to talk about. <laughs> um, I sent you, I sent you guys a picture of uh, the Purdue injury report, and it, it's even worse than I thought. I'm missing so many players. Uh, and like I said, the, uh, the names in red is our is uh, Ron Moore, who is our uh, All American wide receiver. Uh, he was he was actually a top ten favorite to win the Heisman this year. I think he was about fifty to one. Um, and then Elijah 
Dillard's our quarterback. He was a four-star pocket passer out of Kentucky. Uh, one of those um, one of those guys that uh, when he gets hot, he really gets going. Um, but yeah, he's out. He's out for the season as well now. So uh, I think I think what's happened now is, is uh, um, Purdue Purdue has gotten now getting these new guys in, and because we have a good coach. I actually think we're going to be able to keep this a little closer than, than people think. Um, the spread is, uh, I believe, 17 and a half right now. So it's not an enormous spread, but I, I do think it's a number that Purdue's going to stay within. Yeah, I was when I was looking at this sheet, I uh, I, I, I wasn't sure. What, when I first looked at it, I wasn't sure what it was right off the bat. And once you started talking about all the injuries, I'm like, there's no way that mm-hmm. that's... There's no way that this is the list of uh, of injured guys for them because it's it's a long it's a long list. It's a very long list. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a little sad because I actually thought Purdue, you know, and again this might be delusional Purdue fan, but I actually thought we had a chance to to win our, our half of the conference this year. Uh, the Big Ten West is a lot weaker than the East. Um, I wasn't a believer in Nebraska. I turned out to be right about that. I wasn't a believer in Wisconsin. I turned out to be very wrong about that. Um, and then Purdue couldn't overcome these injuries, so unfortunately, it's a bit of a lost season for us. Well, anytime you lose uh, your quarterback and wide receiver on the same play, it just sounds like it's not meant to be. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, and uh, the, the two names at the bottom of the list, uh, Lorenzo Neal and Marcus Bailey, uh, two of our best defensive uh, players as well. So we're kind of losing on both sides, unfortunately. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, having some injuries actually creates a little motivation for you, you know, in a, in a weird way. Well, oh, it's funny you say that. I mean, that's exactly what happened last week. I, in my picks on the link, I, I picked against Purdue. I thought, uh, I thought we were going to get steamrolled on, on homecoming day, and uh, we, just, it, it, we did the opposite. The team came together. Our, our young guys stepped up, and uh, uh we uh, we beat the spread by like uh, forty points. Is what you're you beat the spread by forty points. Is that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, uh, Purdue was uh, they were underdogs in the game and they won. I believe. I look up the score right now, but it's like forty-one to seventeen. I think was the final. Oh wow! Okay. And they were underdogs going into the game. Yeah, sorry, forty to fourteen was last week, um, and the spread was plus four. So Purdue beat uh, a little less than forty, but about thirty points. Yeah. Okay. All right, so those are the five that you have uh, highlighted for this week. What about um, some of your best bets? You want to give us some of your best bets? Absolutely. So uh, two of them I already talked about. I, that Oregon-Washington uh, under 49 and a half is definitely one of my best bets, and I sort of gave you guys the reasons for that. Um, I, I do think Michigan plus nine is a great bet, um, so I have that on my list as well. Um, and really it's just the number, guys. I, I, Michigan still has a you know, top 15 defense. Uh, they gave up only four yards per play. And uh, like I said, I think Penn State's massively overrated, and uh, Vegas is giving a little too much respect to them right now. Um, I mean, last week they played Iowa and only won by five, but Iowa actually have gained up 356 yards to 294. So I, I think Penn State's going to calm down to earth a little bit, and uh, I'm going to sell, sell them while they're high and buy Michigan while they're low. Okay, that's um, fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game you guys uh, probably probably uh, wouldn't watch unless we were talking about it now. Uh, Tulane at Memphis. Tulane's uh, a uh, college down in New Orleans, and uh, this is going to be an American Athletic Conference uh, uh, a 
like Tulane here, they're, they're getting four points on the road at Memphis. Um, they're actually 5-1 ATS this year, and they're covering their games by an average of 10 points. So similar to what I was talking about earlier about Ohio State, this is a very similar team to them. Okay, so this is, uh, you said it's an a- AAC? Yeah, so the American Athletic Conference. Okay, so we're we're just making sure we have it correct because we're writing it down. We're gonna, you know, next next week we're gonna, you know, uh, kind of talk about how you did and and things like that. So you have Tulane plus four, uh, absolutely, as one of your best bets. All right, absolutely. So we. Okay. What else? What else you got? You got? You have a couple more. Got two more for you guys. Okay. Um, got uh, Oklahoma State versus Baylor. I love uh, Oklahoma State minus four. They uh, so uh, I, I actually bet against Baylor two weeks ago, and I got third there uh, when they played Iowa State. But uh, what I really like here is just we're betting off. We're betting on a team that's coming off a bye, um, and that's, that's Oklahoma State. Uh, so when you get that extra week to prepare you. Think this is no, I was just going to ask if you think this is going to be one of those classic, you know, 12 games, big 12, no defense, just moving up and down the field. Yeah, well, the the I'm looking at it right now the over under 68, and I, I thought it would be a little bit higher than that based on the uh, the way these two offenses just tr- just churn out the yards and the points, you know. Absolutely, uh, it's probably that low because Baylor plays a little slower than than your typical Big 12 team, and they they do have a decent defense, but, but like I said, they just lost their their leader, so um, I, I just think it's a bad spot for Baylor. Um, you went just by power ratings, I think it would probably tell you to take Baylor, but uh, it's a really good spot for Oklahoma State, um, and that's why I'm taking them with the points. Okay, so OK State minus four, and what do you got for the last one? Last one, another one that's off the beaten path, but I like Middle Tennessee plus seven and a half at North Texas. <laughs> that is, that's, um, the reason I like this game is there's a lot of uh, injuries to North Texas that aren't being factored enough into the market. Uh, Last week they just lost. Uh, they lost their quarterback for the game. Now he is questionable this week, but uh, it was a shoulder injury, and I, I don't want to bet on any quarterback that's got a shoulder injury, even if he comes back for the game. Um, they also are down their top wide receiver and their top running back. Um, and Middle Tennessee is one of those teams where I was I was really down on early in the year. Um, they've really impressed me. They I'm not sure if you guys watched uh, when they played Michigan in Week One. But uh, they really held their own. Uh, they, they, Michigan started pulling away at the end, but they were in most of that game. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, 
the matchup right now, and it looks like not neither team plays a lot of defense. Um, and if you're on Middle Tennessee State, are, are you taking that based off of their their offensive ability, or you think that they're just gonna that they have a better matchup against uh, North Texas defensively? Like, I think North Texas is going to struggle on offense with their injuries, um, but, I, but I'm also taking them on their, their offense. Uh, they, uh, one thing I like to work at is uh, red zone conversions. Um, they, Middle Tennessee's only converting 63% of the time, uh, which, is, which, is bad, which is really bad. But red zone conversions, sometimes there's a little luck involved, and there tends to be um, an adjustment towards, uh, towards the mean there. So I think there's going to be some positive regression for their offense, and I think they're going to put up more points than they have in the in the last few weeks. So I think I think MTSU's offense is a little better than people think, and I think North Texas's offense is not quite as good as people think. So that's why I really like them here. Okay, so just to uh, to kind of summarize, we have uh, for your best picks, we have the Oregon under, we have the yep. uh, the Wolverines plus nine. Tulane plus four, OK State minus four, and Middle Tennessee State plus seven and a half. Those are your best bets for this week, uh, this weekend coming up. Those are my best bets. Uh, I'm hitting, uh, I'm 19 and 17 on best bets for the season. Uh, I went one and four last week, so it was a better record before last week, but I'm hoping to get back on track. Uh, yeah, you usually, you know, balance out a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, nineteen and seventeen. That's still uh, over five hundred. So that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters, right? Um, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so before we uh, before we let you go, let's spend the next few minutes here talking a little bit NFL. All right. Um, Absolutely. Uh, obviously, we you know we kind of talked about it a little bit with the you know the parity issues that the NFL is having right now. Just kind of give us your overall impressions on on the uh, the NFL season through uh, week seven so far. Or week uh, through, six, through six weeks, and uh, week seven starts tonight, actually. So what, what are your uh, initial thoughts? Well, my initial thought is, uh, unfortunately, I think the Patriots are going to win another one. Uh, <laughs> I just don't see anybody coming out of the AFC that's going to challenge them. Uh, it's, they might have the best defense in the Brady era, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of – I mean, you also have to look at who they've played, but – at the same time, I mean, some of the, the numbers that they're putting up are just kind of, you know, unreal at this point. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't think you're in the minority by saying – or, uh, yeah, in the minority by saying that, you know, the Patriots are going to win it again. No, and I just – I'm and I've been trying to look for a team that can, that can, that can dethrone them, and I, I just don't see this year. I, you know, I – it's hard to find a – Combination of, of uh, an offense that'll be able to overcome that that South New England defense, and you know Brady's not quite what he used to be, but I mean he's so freaking good, man. I, I don't I, I trust him to light anybody up on a given day. Yeah, I mean you'd you'd want to say, you know, coming into the season, you had the, you know the teams kind of from last year. You had the Chiefs, you had maybe the Chargers. Uh, you know the Chargers look like trash. The Chiefs have kind of stumbled of late, and when you go to the NFC, there I I I think the theme has been over the over the first six weeks is you're just not really sure. There there are a few teams that you kind of have an idea of what they are at this point, but there are a lot of teams where you just have no idea, and 
uh, you know, the Patriots are one of those teams where you just know what you're going to get. And based on what everyone else is doing, you can't really go against them right now. No, you can't. I mean, it's, you know, I'm looking at this. I haven't looked at the spreads yet this week, but I'm, you know, kind of going to have the Jets. I mean, the Jets look good last week, but I mean, I, it, it, uh, Belichick, Belichick hits over 60% ATS over his career. I mean, if, you're, if you just bet blindly on, on Belichick, you, you've made money over your, over his career. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting interesting thought um i know that you know they usually play each other pretty tight uh but I, that's the thing i mean you can't you know we're giants fans and last last week we put some money down on the uh the pats to cover a minus what was it 17, 17 minus 17 spread against the giants yeah. and uh and they ended up doing it you know without too much of an issue uh so that that's that's kind of what you just get from them on a daily basis, or on a on a weekly basis, yeah. I should say. Absolutely too. Are you guys excited about your guys' future? I mean, do you think the Giants are heading in the right direction? Um, there's some pieces there. We'll see. I need to see one more draft class. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of the back end of the draft class. Well, even yeah, it's just it's weird. It's weird to see a Giants team that doesn't have a good defense. Yeah, it's been it's been tough to watch. I think um, you know, obviously, there's been some. There's always injuries, but the good teams overcome them. And you know, they've been playing better of late. But you know, they they took a, a the cornerback from Georgia. They traded back up into the first round to get that that uh, corner DeAndre Baker. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but. You know he he hasn't looked good. They traded up to get him, and he he really hasn't looked the part so far. Um, but they have no pass rush. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot missing, and the, the problem's not the offense. I mean, you know Barkley's hurt right now, so you take that for what it is. But uh, going forward, you know this year not expecting much. It makes it a little bit tougher because you have the Cowboys who've lost three in a row, and the Eagles are three and three. And the division's kind of up for grabs, and they just the Giants just don't have the bodies to to make a run at it. Yeah, and it's, it's you're right because you could absolutely this would be the year to grab it if you could. Um, there's, there's a few divisions like that this year football. The AFC North comes to mind where it's like who's going to win that division? Yeah, the AFC North. I mean the the AFC South kind of looks like it's more trending in the Texans' direction now. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean the. Up until, you know, maybe last week, there were three or four divisions that, you know, somebody goes on a run and, they, you know, they could take it. But um, so in terms of parity, that, you know, uh, that's a good thing because, you know, it draws more attention and more interest. But from, the, you know, kind of like you mentioned, between the, the number one team who right now you can say is the Patriots and the number 32 team, which... is the Dolphins. Who, you, honestly, <laughs> who would you say is the number 32 team? Is it the Dolphins? Is it the Bengals? You know, who, who are we looking at? I'd probably say the, the Bengals, and that's only because I think their offensive line is worse. Um, they, I feel yeah. bad for Dolphins. I mean, can you just imagine <laughs> being in your career and just getting hit that much? Yeah. Um, it's hard to go against the Dolphins, but the Bengals are just... You know the Dolphins actually almost won a game last week, and yeah, they should have. They should have. 
And yeah, they and the Bengals can't score on offense. Um, what they score seventeen points last week, but they had a kick return touchdown, and yeah, uh, a garbage time and a, and a garbage you know typical Andy Dalton garbage time touchdown. So, um, yeah. yeah, but that's the difference between the first and thirty second team is just so far beyond I think what we're used to that it's uh, it's tough to comprehend. And it's uh, and Cincinnati's weird too because they've had stability there. They've had uh, a, a coaching staff. Well, obviously not this year, but historically they've had a coaching staff that hasn't changed a lot. The owner, the ownership is usually patient. Um, uh, you'd think it would be a somewhat stable franchise, but it just it just hasn't been. Well, I think as uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I would imagine that. You know they're kind of missing Marvin Lewis a little bit because mm-hmm. at least they were consistently inconsistent, where they would make the playoffs and not go anywhere. And yeah. but, but you still had that. And since he's been gone, you know, it's it, there's a lot of uncertainty, and they're not really used to that. So, um, absolutely, but, it's similar to when the Bears had Bobby Smith. It was just you could count on us going. Seven to nine to eight and eight every year. Nothing's going to change. Uh, and uh, as, soon as, as soon as we lost, then we were a dumpster fire. So it's just kind of kind of similar for the for the Bears fantasy that. Yeah. Um, so we got we have a couple you know kind of personal things that uh, we wanted to get to. We asked Trent these questions as well. Um, okay. Just as far as your your best and worst sports moment as either a. Uh, you know, fan, a, yeah, a fan or uh, personal. Or, yeah, whatever you got, um, your best and worst. If you have something to share. Sure. So best, um, the best is kind of a tie. Um, I could go Cubs World Series, uh, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because well, there was just so much there. I mean, I was uh, there was a story. Uh, Literally on Wrigley Field, there's it's a, a lot break on most of the uh, on most of the stadium. But people were had with chalk were writing names of dead relatives that never got to see the Cubs win. Uh, there's a there's a story of a, a guy who went to his dad's gravesite, and the news followed him there. And uh, he found the Cubs game on the radio. He was going to listen to the game with his you know with his deceased father, and uh, he finds the game. And he starts changing the channel, and the uh, the news the news person goes, uh, "Hey, you just have a game. Why are you changing it?" And the guy goes, "Ah, oh, my dad hated Joe Buck. I don't want him to listen to him." <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we say something about Joe Buck every week over here. Um, yeah, and it's funny because I don't even hate Joe Buck, uh, but uh, it's just if that gives you a kind of a taste for uh, how much that meant to Cubs fans, it, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good moment. A lot of uh, you know breaking the curse and all that. I'm sure you you feel pretty good being able to see that happen. Something that, like you said, a lot of people weren't able to witness. Oh, it was, and it's funny because I almost uh, I almost missed the uh, the tenth inning uh, when Rajay Davis hit that home run. I uh, and the game went into the rain delay. I left the bar because <laughs> I was just so depressed. I knew we were going to lose. Uh, and uh, God bless my, uh, my 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 wife. She uh, my girlfriend at the time called me and said, "The game's back on. You gotta go." And uh, I went to I got in my car. I went to Harry's, which is the famous bar at Purdue, and uh, got to watch the 
final bouts there, so it was really cool. Nice. How about how about worse now? You have a you have a bad for us. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's all. That's also going to be cups. Uh, oh, three okay. cups. <laughs> the, uh, my worst sports memory. I mean, I, I can't describe to you guys how good that team was. Okay, and at the time, you're losing to the goddamn Marlins. Okay, and in retrospect, that team was great. That that team had Dr. Willis, Josh Beckett, uh, Derek Lee, uh, Mike Lowell. But, but at the time, they're all these kids you've never freaking heard of. You know, it's like it's, it's like Major League. Who are these fucking guys? You know, um, we get up three one, and uh, we have Mark Pryor, Terry Wood, and Carlos Zambrano for the next three games, and we still lose. I, I mean, I still can't believe we lost. It's unbelievable. I could I could sense it in your voice <laughs> as as you went through talking about that that it's still. Uh, Still painful for you. Oh, and thank God they won in sixteen because when when Bartman catches the ball, I I actually didn't see it. My dad did, um, and I was too. I'm like tennis time, uh, and my dad's a pretty conservative guy. And right behind me, he just goes, "That fucking idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> I go, "What are you talking about?" Cause uh, if you guys don't, Moises Wood was a terrible defensive player, but, I, but he almost makes a great play, so I thought he just made a great play. And then, obviously, we all know the fallout. Uh, 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 Alex Gonzalez, who was a goal goal shortstop, you know, loses a double play. Uh, uh, and honestly, if Moises Wood doesn't freak out, if he just walks back to the outfield, we probably win the game. But, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm surprised he made it out of there alive, to be honest. I'm surprised that uh, Bartman. Bartman made it out of there alive, to be honest. No, I, I felt so bad. I mean, he's one of those guys, if I ever met him, I just wanted to give him a hug. I feel bad <laughs> with the guy. He still lives around here. He's, um, he was in Mexico for the Mexico Cup. He's still around here. He's a coach of a Little League team. So he was a local Chicago Little League team that he coached. So that's what he's wearing. Um, when he's listening to the game there. So everybody knew everybody knew where to find them pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I think if you talk to any Cubs fan, even after that game, it's just uh, I, I think uh, the, the Cubs have tried to invite him to the stadium a bunch of times, uh, and he just won't do it. He, he's a private guy; doesn't want to be bothered. So. He probably thinks it's some sort of trap. <laughs> <laughs> he might, man. I, yeah. You know. It was a it was a dark day for Scottish sports, and uh, the fans are short for fanatics. You know, they we call them fans for a reason. We, uh, we lose our minds sometimes. Yeah, we lost no. it that day. You know, spoken like a like a true Cubs fan. I mean, your 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 best and worst moments are Cubs, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's um, you know, we thank you for sharing that, and. Uh, yeah, we do thank you for coming on. We do appreciate it. You guys, some great insight on college football. A lot, a lot of this was educational for me because I'm I'm not in in uh, I don't get in, in in too much depth as you do, but um, a lot of a lot of this was good stuff, and and I was kind of uh, you know excited to to just listen to you talk for a little bit because, like I said, it's a lot of information that I, you know I wasn't aware of. So thank you for sharing that, and and for the listeners too. I mean, uh, a lot of good information coming from you. Thank you so much, guys. No, it was. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I hope I didn't talk too much. It's the first time doing a 
doing something like this. So uh, I, I love football, and I'll, I'll talk at any time with you guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely look to have you on closer to uh, college football playoff time for sure. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the handicapping changes once fall season comes around. It's, there's a lot of good angles there. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna hold you to these best bets here. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how they do, and um, you know, after like you said, after what happened last week, you're due you're due for a good one here. So, so. Yeah, uh, so I will I will either celebrate with you guys or confess to my. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it, well, if it works out, let's say you go five and zero, then you're just gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to give us your picks every week because then we're just gonna become a good luck charm, you know. Absolutely, I'll, I'll hold you to that. Yeah, but uh, all right. So thanks, uh, thanks, Thank Michael, you. for coming on. Thank you, Michael. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, so that was Michael Vale. Gave a lot of a lot of good information. I was. I definitely learned a lot. Yes, and I, mean, uh, I know we said we're more casual fans, but you know I try to watch a couple games on Saturday, but I don't go into in depth as he does. No, and th- that was, you know, that was very educational. So, uh, again, we appreciate him coming on. He's the uh, college football contributor for the Link. And uh, make sure to check out his articles. Obviously, you know, as you as you heard, the way that he discusses this type of stuff, he's the he's the type of guy that you want to go and, and check out those articles because he'll give you a lot of good information towards towards making some of these uh, these good bets here. So, uh, thanks to him for coming on. And uh, that was a little bit of a special episode for you with some college football. Obviously, they're about and, midway through. So yeah, so so like we you know like we mentioned, we'll we'll have him on closer to college football playoffs once the conference you know, championships. Picture's a little muddled right now, and and you know you you never know what's going to happen week to week. So you know we'll we'll keep an eye on it and and uh, have him on closer to when they're actually uh, going to be making these selections and things like that. But. Uh, the next one that we're going to be doing is uh, next Tuesday, our regular uh, podcast time for uh, week eight. It's ha- going to be the halfway point pretty much in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, just about so. for most teams. So it's really flying by here. But uh, make sure to look out for that. And uh, you can catch us on Podbean and iTunes. And that's just going in searching for Squaring Up the Sharp. Uh, even easier, follow us on Twitter. We tweet all this out, at Square the Sharp. And uh, and everything's everything's there for you. You just have to click on it, and uh, and it opens it right up for you. So make sure to check that out. Again, uh, just another quick thing. Make sure to go to Link Sports, L-Y-N-Q Sports.com. Uh, this podcast is presented by them, so make sure to check that out. It's all free. You can't go wrong. So uh, that's that's our episode for you today. And here's to squaring up the sharp.